Welcome to episode 155 of The Numbers Game. I'm Jace. I'm here with Nick and Marty. How are we going today, guys? Going well, Jace. Um, tripped over my dog the other day, nearly killed myself, but apart from that, I'm going well. Don't let your dog sleep <laughs> next to the bedroom door and it's dark and you think it's a rug, but it's a dog. I nearly couldn't believe it. So I'm all right, though. I've lived to fight another day, but uh, you love them. Just get out of my way. Get out of my way. Nick, how are you? Mate, going well. Busy weekend, but uh, pushing through the Monday. I actually went to a piano bar on Saturday night for the first time. A little bit out of my wheelhouse, but um, I don't think I'll go out again. Not that I go out much these days, unless it's for a work event or something. Uh, I think I will only go to events now with uh, someone playing the piano or live music. Um, Lovely. Bit of a plug. It was called Murmur um, in the city of Melbourne. Uh, I've forgotten the lane, but um, geez, it was a lot of fun versus just, you know, going out and sitting around talking. Um, you know, we had someone who was obviously performing on the piano and made the night a heap of fun. So, Jace, you've surely been past Murmur. No, I'm going to put it on the list though, and I'm sure if uh, Case is listening to this episode at some point in the next six months, uh, it'll end up on the list anyway. So, you will not it's go not anywhere else for quite some time. Nothing better than live music, though. Oh, really, it's. Uh, right. I, yeah. I was fortunate enough to go to my nephew's twenty-first on the York and Lilydale out east. My <laughs> God, what a debauchery that was! Great night, <laughs> everyone had fun. I'm thinking, well, we're this bad at twenty-one, and then I thought we're probably worse because there was no social media to keep us accountable. But uh, it was. Uh, Geez, it was good to see the young people have a good time. It was going off. <laughs> Chase, how are you? Any 21sts or weddings? or? <laughs> no, actually, awake for a funeral, but not to bring it in. But in context, sorry, to bring it in, um, the music thing. So um, my uncle loved music, and one of the things that he used to love was sitting around with a guitar and passing the guitar around. So at the wake in the afternoon, we went back to his place with all the family and a guitar got passed around and anyone who could play would play the guitar and sing. And Case and I actually sat next to each other and Case was like, man, there's nothing better than just someone who's really good at the guitar and can sing, just sitting around a quiet little backyard, everyone's sipping a glass of red in his honour and or in his memory and, you know, she turned me, she says, man, that guy's got an epic voice. And we sat there listening to the young man's name was Ben and he put on an epic little show and, and it was, you know, in, in honor of my uncle and, but live music, it, it was just yeah, a reminder that, so good. you know, it's, it's so powerful. Music's beautiful. And Nick, it's going to get definitely added to the list. And just in also related to the animal story, I forgot to tell Case on the way out the door this morning, but I heard the cat vomit under the table. So in case when this episode comes out, I still have forgotten to tell Case about that. There is cat vomit under the table. So we are just on fire here at the numbers game between animal stories and hot tips for where to go out on a Saturday night. So it is all happening. <laughs> Today's episode, though, to get it back on track and keep in good numbers game form, got some value to bring to our lovely listeners. I wanted to guide a bit of a chat with you boys around how deep people use their tech stacks in business. Um, it's one of my focuses for 2024 with our own business and the, and the conversations we're having with our clients. And I wanted to elaborate on a few things with you guys today. Um, I guess from 
I guess, to open up the discussion a little bit before I dive into a couple of specific examples of technology, Nick, I might throw to you, um, yeah. you know, you're a tech savvy guy. I know Innovate uses a whole bunch of tools and technology. Now, Marty, I'm not saying you're not a tech savvy guy. I'm not saying tech's I'll, beyond I'll just your... leave. Yeah. <laughs> it's not an ageist thing. Just Nick gave me the eyes. Uh, Nick, from a technology point of view, you know, would yeah. you say Innovate's got a huge tech stack, heaps of really deeply used technology, or, or how would you describe the current technology situation at Innovate? Yeah, I would say we've got a big tech stack um, out, of, out of necessity, really. Um, we've got industries that rely on tech, as is every industry, but ours, I, I think, more than some. Um, mm-hmm. The challenge we've got is we have three revenue streams. So, you know, asset and equipment finance, uh, residential finance. We've actually got four commercial finance uh, and financial planning. So each of those revenue streams require different tech to get the yep. job done. Um, and it's tech that is actually required. Like you, you can no longer lodge loans manually. Um, so, so we've got a big tech stack. And then we have something, uh, we need things to tie that all together. Um, so, you know, we use HubSpot as our CRM and our yeah. workflow tool. Um, so we, we use tech that we must use. So, you know, like you must use zero, but then yep. we've got tech of choice, um, to bring all the businesses together and have them work as one unit, I guess, to a degree, as far as, you know, maintaining client records and being able to market, uh, send marketing information out and whatnot. Um, and then outside of that, you've got tech with all the different providers. So, you know, we've got lenders, um, we've got a panel of around 30 lenders. Each of those lenders have different tech. Uh, and there is tech that, I guess, brings it all together now, which is good. But um, yeah, so it's fairly deep, but it's fairly well, I'd, I'd say it's fairly well used because um, it's a necessity. Yeah. Uh, Marty, anything to add on from a tech point of view from your side? Oh, just in regards to the relevance of tech, I think the you know the initial thing when you see new tech coming out, you go, oh, great, now I've got to try and work this out <laughs> is the first response. But then when you see what it does, and for me, I'll give you a direct example. Like 14 months ago when we were attracting leads to the business, it was very assumptive and a lot of you know trust in regards to the salespeople telling us what they were doing and how we were doing it. And, you know, even manually collating the data, you know, there was a lot more manual process. But since we've had HubSpot and all this data is now very intuitive and realistic in real time, we sort of get a read in real time what is going on and can predict what's going to happen over the next three to six months. Um, And you can adapt your strategy virtually daily instead of coming off the back end of three months of uh, assumptive data and trying to work mm. out and sort of, you know, trying, trying to find your feet. So it's like, it's unbelievable in regards yeah. to how it progresses a business um, from what I've seen. So I've really tried to, as a more mature person, uh, I've tried to, uh, I shouldn't say mature, just you know, <laughs> in a d- different demographic of person uh, that's probably not into the tech, tech spaces, but... I actually really enjoy it and I just need to remind myself to sit with it and to learn it as you go because it's uh, it really advances business. It's great. Yeah. The first thing that come to mind then, Marty, and obviously you're talking about our business, but what's what's measured is managed. Um, yeah. And we haven't just realized that from a business point of view, but individuals as well. So, you know, individuals that are using the tech correctly 
uh, actually get a read on their own performance um, Correct. and can then manage themselves off off the tech. So, um, yeah, that's a really good point. Really good point. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, no, I love it. And look, the reason I quiz you guys and ask you guys to get involved up front before I've even talked about anything is I want this to be a reflection point for our listeners too who may be in business and using a lot of technology and apps to sit back and go, well, actually, how, how much do I use? How deep am I using it? Like, do, do we use all of the capability of the technology that we're paying for day to day? So it's a bit of an opportunity to do a review of just what you're paying for and how you're using it. Now, the first one I want to do a quick snapshot on is obviously a big favorite of mine, um, the zero accounting software. So if you're running a business and you're most likely going to be using zero accounting software, if you're, you know, amongst the majority of the small business owners who are on zero, if you're not on zero, you're probably on Myob or QuickBooks or one of these other ones. And if you are, you can probably apply the same um, things that I'm going to go through. But a big part about zero is it's often very highly underused all of the capabilities. Now that may be automating your bank feeds. It might be doing the record, uh, bank feed data. So as that comes in, Zero can actually recognize a lot of things and you can create bank rules. So I go, whenever we bring on new clients, I like to jump in and have a look at their bank rules and nine times out of 10, there are no bank rules set up. So the example there, really quick, easy one would be if you bank with ANZ, every single month, there's a $10 account fee from ANZ. Now, instead of each month having to click type ANZ, code it to bank fees and click OK. You can create a rule that says whenever this transaction that says account fees comes in from ANZ, reconcile it to bank fees and you'll never have to type that in again. It'll just be done. Now that's a real basic example, but think about in business, how many transactions day to day, week to week, month to month are the same transaction every time. So if you can create bank rules to automate this, easy. You may move money between bank accounts in your business. If you think about every time you move money from bank account one to bank account two, you can automate that transfer in zero so that it recognizes it between bank accounts. That's the, just one simple little thing that saves business owners so much time and they just don't know that they should go and do that or create that. If you've got a bookkeeper, your bookkeeper can probably do that too and that would save a whole lot of time that you're paying for bookkeeping fees, for example. Beyond automating bank um, bank rules and your bank feeds, you've got customized reports. So running a PL or a balance sheet, we've talked about this before, but a lot of times the, the, the basic structure that comes in these accounting softwares don't allow you to really see the detailed information. So creating a custom report, for example, that drops tax out of operating expenses into non-operating expenses. So you've got some actual insight into how your business is performing. And then one of the other simple ones might be invoice reminders. You know, you're dealing with customers, you're sending invoices. A lot of times we see invoice reminders not even turned on and customers or clients are wondering why they're not getting paid on time. Adding to that one more would be also allowing yourself to be paid by credit card. So if you haven't activated the ability to be paid by credit card, your clients can only pay you by BSB and account number transfer. Now think about how slow and time consuming that is to log into the bank, add the BSB and account number, Make sure you've typed it right. Sometimes you get it wrong as opposed to just clicking the pay online button and allowing your customers to pay you from an online payment gateway. Hmm. Any thoughts so far, guys, on Zero and the little tips and tricks to make it more powerful? Well, first thing I thought about is how frustrated I get when Zero invoices come for payment to me as a client and mm -hmm. there's no credit card option. Um, yep. No one wants to be logging into their bank account and doing a BSB in account. Um, in regards to Zero, we have a, a bookkeeper. So um, a lot of the stuff 
you said I hope I hope they're doing. Um, but <laughs> oh, where yeah. we've found like something that we use it for, which has been a game changer, is cash flow uh, forecasts and budgeting. So Beautiful. building in because it could be you know if you're not doing this, you're doing it with zero uh, with sorry Excel, which is quite time consuming. So building in your annual forecasts. And then obviously what happens happens throughout the year and then zero letting you know, you know, the variances, um, whether it was a certain expense or income. So that's been a game changer for us, um, just understanding how we're tracking compared to our, you like that? Yeah, I love it. It's exactly (laughs) where I wanted to go with this and you've just hit the nail on the head. So that's that's the the biggest benefit for us. Yeah, the power of that budget versus actual is beyond just knowing, you know, did you hit budget in revenue or did you spend a little bit more money than you thought you would? There's actually a lot more deeper insight you can get from the actual performance versus budget performance. And it goes beyond into things like, did we pay our work cover bill at the same time we paid it last year or did we miss that payment? Because you can see where the payment came out the year before if you're running the budget based on the previous year's numbers. It might be, you know, the difference in your superannuation payments, your wages have gone up or down. You can kind of see trends and seasonality a lot better if you are tracking your performance in your budget versus actual area in zero. And those things are often things that business owners miss when they don't get in and look at their figures properly. You know, you miss your work cover, you miss registering for payroll tax when your wages go over a certain number month to month. Because if you're not getting in each month and checking how you went and did you hit the figures you meant to, you're missing out on this opportunity to check some of those other financial metrics. But cash flow management and budgeting, if you can do that inside your accounting software as opposed to mucking around on an Excel template, you are so much more streamlined and organized than majority of the business owners out there that are not using that feature. Love it. Love that you guys are using that. Uh, top tip. So that's that's a little bit on zero. And this is a little bit, this is a number two, but it's kind of a one and a half for zero. Do you guys use HubDoc or how are you managing your receipts and invoices when it comes to collecting those for the bookkeeper? Don't use HubDoc. We, that's a very good question. They just go to an email actually. Cool. Um, we don't, we don't have much expenditure that um, isn't outside of accounts managing it. So accounts generally have access. I've looked at HubDoc though. That's for you know receipts if you're out to dinners or whatnot. Yep. Is that what you're referring yep. to? Yeah, but look, to be honest, when you just said you've got a special email address that all gets sent to, there's a fair chance that then may be forwarded to HubDoc behind the scenes with the bookkeeping team. So HubDoc is a receipt management system, just to let everyone know what we're talking about. It's an add-on. It used to be an add-on that you could add to a whole bunch of different accounting softwares, but Zero bought HubDoc for something like $40 million because they wanted to kind of tighter, do a tighter integration into zero. HubDoc, if you are on zero and you're not using HubDoc, you're crazy because it's free. So you can basically turn HubDoc on and start using it. And again, that might be something simple, Nick, for yourself. You know, for those dinners, for example, you could have HubDoc as an app on your phone, take a paper physical receipt that gets handed to you when you're out and about, snap a photo on your phone, straight into the accounting system for the bookkeeper to sort out. And, you know, your life is back to focusing on what you need to focus on day to day. Setting myself a reminder. There you go. Beautiful, mate. I love it. Now, the reason I say from an email address point of view, HubDoc also sets up an email address. So it might be innovate at hubdoc.com. So anytime there's an innovate receipt or invoice that needs to be sorted, you'd forward it to that email address. So there's a fair chance potentially the email address you're forwarding to automatically then pushes that into HubDoc. So... Um, that was just a quick one to add in there. You know, we, we get asked a lot of questions by clients going, oh, do I really need to keep every receipt? 
Now, look, if the ATO reviews your business, they may look at a list of transactions and pick half a dozen transactions to say, can we please see the invoices or receipts for those transactions? Now, if you can't pull up any of those receipts, do you know the next thing the ATO are going to say? Okay, this isn't just a review anymore. This is a full-blown audit. We're going to audit your business now because you're not keeping financial records and we want to see what else we find. If you keep good records and the ATO do a review and they ask you for half a dozen receipts or invoices and you can hand them over on the spot because you've got the technology to attach every receipt or invoice to a transaction, tell you what, that's a business the ATO is not going to be too concerned about because they know you're keeping good financial records. So top tip there is use Xero to the full uh, capability and then add on things like HubDoc, which are really simple tools to keep your expense management, receipt management, and just day-to-day life all under control and nice and easy. So again, trying to go paperless, document, digitalizing documents all over it. You guys will kill it. So Marty Vids, all those cappuccinos. We need the receipts, (laughs) mate. We need the receipts. Don't. Let the audience send it to innovate at HubDoc. <laughs> don't make sure we don't use that email address, Nick. I don't want the audience sending in all their receipts and they uh, no, was, automate to uh, us. That's a fake, <laughs> fake example. Just uh, a good pick up there, Marty. That's, that's not exactly how it works. I left out a few of the little details. There's ones oh, good, and twos good, good, and good, E's good. and, you know, they don't make it that simple. Do Just check it. Yeah. No, good Good point though. Good point. Um, now, it wouldn't be me, me leading an episode or, or talking about tech without then talking about AI. Um, so, you know, it's been well over a year since the November 2022 chat GPT was launched and AI started to become a bit of the conversation. Um, what I will say is this isn't so much about, you know, implementing a whole bunch of tech tools and, you know, paying for more subscriptions, but chat GPT and other AI tools are now being implemented into businesses all the time. And if you haven't had a bit of a look at what type of things could AI do to improve your business or streamline some things, this is just a bit of a reminder that have a bit of a review of all of your tech stack and then have a bit of a look at what are each of the things you're already paying for doing in AI land. Um, so the example would be Podium for us. Um, you know, we're talking about Podium, but I think I've mentioned Podium a few times on this show. Yep. Um, Podium has brought out an AI feature. So let's say somebody gives Future Advisory a five-star Google review. They do it through the Podium platform and we text them to say, how are we going as a business? AI can then generate a response to that Google review. So, you know, Google likes it when the business owner gets in and replies to a review. It says, you know, thanks for leaving a review. We love working with you, blah, blah, blah. Podium's AI will pre-draft an AI response based on what the review said. And it allows me, the business owner, just to quickly glance over and go, yep, that's beautiful. Click OK. So there's these little streamlined things that AI can do to make things faster and easier. Other ones that we're seeing clients bring out and, and tools that we use is like AI chatbots. So, you know, you jump on a website and a chatbot pops up in the bottom corner and says, you know, how can we help you today? Now, once upon a time, that may have been a human. Now it's more likely to be AI chatbot getting you to a certain point. You know, what do you need help with? I need a mortgage. Beautiful. You know, Marty's going to give you a call on this number soon. Can we grab a few more details about what type of mortgage you're looking for? And all of a sudden Marty gets sent a little checklist of info that's been asked questions by an AI chatbot before Marty then picks up the phone as a human and closes that deal. Yeah, for us, um, like I guess it's similar. We we kind of lean on existing um, tech partners to start to, to leverage AI. So yep. um, blogs are a big thing for us. So through yep. SEO um, and generating online leads, uh, we write a lot of blogs. Um, so no doubt um, ChatGPT will assist with that. 
Uh, the other thing for us is particularly around loan assessment. Um, so certain tools now starting to use AI to automatically assess whether an applicant uh, will be approved for a loan or not. Um, so that's that's a thing that we're going to see moving forward. So yeah, anything else, Marty, that you can think of? That we've... No, I think I think we've got a lot of tech that that we have within the business. The question I was going to ask Jace though, when you are implementing new tech into your business, how do you get everyone on board? Because I think there's I think there's something that yeah, as a business owner, you might see that looks exceptional, and you know it works, but I think there's always a resistance point initially until someone yeah gets the relevance of it. Do we still have issues around the training through these ideas? Because yep. uh, I'd just be interested to see what what you're doing as well. And we certainly Big try time. to train in advance, but it's um, yeah, just interested in your perspective. No, it's it's a very great question and something that I you know will definitely plan on covering off. But I'll bring it up to here to answer your question for now, and then we may expand on a little bit later on. Ultimately you know, showing your team the why, why you're implementing a new piece of tech and how it's going to not only help their lives, help the business and also help clients, for example. Now, not all tech will touch all of those elements, but if you just tell someone, here's a new piece of tech, start using it, but there's no reason why they should use it, why they should change their process. You know, there's no new system and procedure, you know, delved into of the ins and outs. People will always default back to the way they've always done it. Even if this new tech or tool makes their life easier, but they, you know, if you're in a habit and you're in a routine and you've done something since the dawn of time, chances are you'll keep doing it that way unless something's been shown to you, explained. And, you know, there was, there was an old saying that, that I saw a presenter do. It was around, if you've got a printer in the office and people print paper all the time, if that printer's always there and people like to print paper, they will keep printing paper. Now, if you burn your boats or get rid of the printer and leave people with no choice but to use paperless technology, they will then have to start using that. So a bit of that as well is if you are implementing new tech and a new procedure, is there a way to make the old way of doing it redundant so that you can have your team get on board with the new way of doing things? Um, you know, quite often there's a transition period where you'll leave We've changed digital signing technology, for example, but we've got one that's still active, but we want to start using the new one. And quite often I'll see the old one going out and go, oh my God, like, why are we still using this digital signing technology if we can move over here? So a lot of that will come down to the culture of your firm as well. If you've created a tech savvy culture that embraces new technology and gets involved in the training and aligning the adoption of technology with business goals, that's the biggest area that I've seen us start to have some success. We, you know, again, Podium, the example, I started paying for Podium years ago and using Podium as a way of text messaging clients and getting Google reviews. But then after a while, I was like, hang on a minute, there must be about seven people using Podium properly and 21 or 22 people that either had never logged in or only used it really sporadically. So we redid team training. We got Podium into the office and did a presentation. And now I quite often love turning around and seeing Podium on the screens of all of the um, computers in the office because it's a way of text messaging day-to-day -day with our clients without having to use the team member's my personal mobile phone number. So that way they're not getting a text at 10 o'clock at night on their phone while they're about to try and fall asleep. So um, those examples, training, culture, and long-term business goals. How does it fit in with your business and why are you implementing this bit of technology? Well, if you can explain that and articulate to your team and get them to buy into the vision, just like any business vision, it'll definitely help with the adoption of technology in the business. There's the key. 
one thing to have the technology, you've got to train it. And yeah. do exactly what you said. Brilliant answer. Nah, my pleasure, mate. And just to cover off the last one or a couple of last points, um, just to make this one a short, sharp, punchy for everyone. But one mistake, and I always like to go back to mistakes. I think we used to have a segment, you know, a long time ago, if you remember, I think it was losing it. Um, might have to do a special losing it every now and then just to spice things up a little bit. But we, when we started um, version one of Future Advisory many, many years ago, Greg and I, the web developer we worked with when we started forming the business, he was a Google suite guy. So he operated on Google, Google Docs, Google Sheets, everything was Google and Gmail. And I was like, yeah, cool. I'd never really used it before. The firm I'd worked at historically had always used Microsoft Office, but we went, oh, it's cheap. It's easy. We can store stuff in the cloud. And we started using Google for our new business we were starting. Cut to six to 12 months into running this business. We onboarded our first hundred clients. We had documents in the cloud. We had Gmail emails. But then we moved to a new uh, IT provider who wanted to look at our internet security, our management of who had access to what documents. And they went, look, to be honest, Google's great, but for what you do in the accounting industry, Microsoft Office, Outlook, SharePoint, OneDrive, yada, 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 the list goes on. You're going to be better off porting over to Microsoft. So we had to make this decision as early days in a business, what operating system were we going to be using? Now, Nick, you talked about your CRM as one major kind of central thing for the organization. If you think back before that, you probably had to make a call on were you a Microsoft Office business or did you use Google's business suite? Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you guys are Microsoft. Microsoft, yeah. Do you remember what, what back in the day you just chose Microsoft and went with it or was it the only option? Kind uh, of? I, I don't think. Um, yeah, I just think we were there and it just continued to get better and better. So, yeah, I think if you look at both of them, what, what advantages can you really get? Um, yep. So we've just always been Microsoft to be transparent. Yeah, cool. And this is not me to go one way or the other. It's talking about how deep we use our technology. So there's a reminder for everyone out there. If you're Google business suite, there are so many things in within that suite that you can be using to, you know, just streamline your business to some just awesome capabilities as is with Microsoft. And the thing with Microsoft, and I'll talk from that because we also use that, you know, the example is, you know, I wanted to create a new online form that people signed up with. And I started looking at Typeform, for example. And our IT provider, um, Sebastian from SSGL, he's a mad dog, loves Microsoft. He's like, well, Microsoft has the capability for you to do that and you already pay for it. So why would you not just use the technology you've got access to? Yeah. So there's little things like that that happen all the time. There's Microsoft Dynamics too, where it's like, you know, we were using Zapier where that, that creates a zap basically. If something yeah. happens, it zaps some information from here to here. And again, Microsoft Dynamics and, and those kind of tools does the same thing. Somebody signs up on your website it can create a folder in SharePoint already in the name of the client that's just signed up to be a client. Yep. Saves the manual processing. So keeping in mind as well, just lastly, while I talk about the AI side, Microsoft Copilot will start to become active on a lot of computers out there and a lot of your team's devices. That is basically the inbuilt AI robot that starts to do things for you within Microsoft. So you, I might email you, Nick, asking you what times can we meet the next week? And before you've even opened that email, Microsoft Copilot would have drafted a response to me, letting you know what potential times you could meet with me, but pre-drafted in an email saying, hey, Jason, here's my available times next week. Mm. So you don't even have to go and look at your calendar. Copilot would have done it for you and suggested some times based on your schedule. So I'm, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm excited for that day when that all goes live. Oh yeah, there's, there's nothing worse than looking at your diary and trying to find all the times that are free and sending uh, them through. 
just ask Beck, who's trying to find a time for us to all play golf one day. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's so many tools out there. And I guess the other thing that we found too is um, just talking about the challenges of implementing is just having someone uh, of, you know, they don't have to be of seniority, but someone may be seen as a leader in your business champion the tech. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, if I look at our business in particular, obviously we use HubSpot as a CRM, but it's also doubled as a sales tool for our salespeople, um, being able to manage their uh, manage their leads or opportunities in, uh, manage their diaries, um, get back to people. And I guess what's happened for us is some of our top performers from a numbers point of view have really embraced HubSpot um, and have used it full, to its full extent. And then you've got a domino effect. So, you know, with the top performers using it, why wouldn't you do what they're doing? So yeah. I think as a business, you can pull some people aside um, who see themselves as leaders or as senior people and say, hey, this is what we're doing. Obviously, all the stuff that you spoke about is spot on to the training and whatnot, but we really need you to back this and we want you know you as a leader to embrace it 100% and then people will follow. So we've, we've definitely found that. It's just been this slow this slow pickup of HubSpot yep. as people see and you know, all the salespeople talk to each other and yep. they talk about the benefits they're getting from it. Um, so that's been a big win for us. 100%. And if you, if you can put in a tech champion in your business, it may be an overarching tech champion who's the person you go to if you know you want to look into using something better or if you're not using it enough or you've come across a fancy bit of new technology but you don't have time to investigate it or look into it because it's not really your role. If you know in your business who the tech champion is and you can flick them an email or a Slack or a Teams or whoever you communicate or WhatsApp, just say, hey, I found this. think it might be great for our business. I'll leave it for you to have a look into. That tech champion can then go away and do the research, see if it works for your business or not, and then look at how to implement it and use it. Now, this app kind of focused very high level on a couple of little things. And now that's, you know, I've really found it a struggle just to cherry pick a couple of things to talk about because you know, we would run 30 different bits of apps and technology to run our business. You're probably 40, 50, 60 across your three or four revenue streams. The challenge here and the message is that if you've implemented technology and it's not being used properly by your team, you're burning cash and you're burning the efficiency that you could be getting from using technology properly. The challenge now is post listening to this episode, go back and review all your technology. Have a look. Do you have a tech champion? Have you um, got a tech-savvy culture where people are utilizing technology? And if not, have a look at how you can invest in training and most importantly, aligning your technology with your business goals. And if you can Mm. articulate that back to your team as to why it's important to use your technology properly and how that's going to help you to achieve your business goals, that'll start to have you getting the runs on the board when it comes to a deeper use of your technology. I'll just throw one thing there in as a counter argument too, Jace. I think you've also got to be careful, for lack of a better phrase, that you're not overstacked. Um, yes. I think a lot of businesses grab this, grab that, I'll grab this, I'll grab that. And to your point, not using them. Uh, they're not using them because they're not relevant. Um, and they're mm-hmm. not using them because they just don't have time. They might have two things that can do the you know, that can perform the same task. So I think you've also got to make sure you're not overstacked and you know, one of the things that we've learned is, particularly as an SME, small business, tech can be quite expensive. Yep. So, you know, use use what's available to you. You don't necessarily have to, you know, have the absolute best thing in the market. If it gets you a result and it means you can be more efficient, 
uh, and it means you can get the job done quicker and easier and at a lower cost, then take what you can and, and you know, don't stress about it too much because we've, we've seen that um, in our own business. So, yeah, don't, don't be overstacked. I like that. And Marty likes that, I can tell. I do that. I do like that because everyone likes to have rhythm in their dealings. And if you overstack people, then, you know, you find that they can handbrake their efficiencies in another way. So I think both what you said is really relevant in regards to the training process, having and you know, a, a tech champion's a great idea and the training methodology. It's got to present something better at the end of the day from the person's using it perspective as well. So you've got to get that across. But yeah, certainly you you want to maintain rhythm of dealings as well. One of the ways to maybe be able to get back on track with that is the tech provider that you're using. If you're thinking about canceling that subscription because you're not getting use out of it, give that tech provider maybe the opportunity to come and present to your team in like a webinar or Teams format to show them how to use that tech properly and how it can benefit the business. So you can probably get some wins out of better use of your technology, but then also you may be able to get some wins out of cancelling some of the tech and the apps that you're not using. So we're all about getting money back in your pocket here at The Numbers Game or being more efficient running our businesses. If you've enjoyed the episode, please remember to give us a like and a review at the store that you listen to your podcast through. Until next time, we're grateful for you listening and... Game over.